Another week of a journey with Michael and Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. How are you all doing? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody. It's uh, going to be an insightful uh, episode podcast this week. Yeah, it's always insightful, brother. Always insightful. Yeah. Different levels, different levels. This one's not going to be so esoteric. <laughs> talking about the, the, the physical realm um, and going a little, little deep into nutrition, our understanding of nutrition, our relationship with food, um, and just giving some practical understanding and education around around some of the the baseline and basic uh, things that we just need to be focusing on. Because um, nutrition can be such a complex, confusing, complicated uh, puzzle for a lot of people out there. And uh, I just feel like it doesn't need to be that way. Um, so we're just going to talk about some of the things that we do with clients, some of the, the the knowledge that we have, some of the information that we share in our 28-day state change program um, or with, with, with our community, um, just to help people sort of get rid of some of that confusion, to help them build a better relationship with food and ultimately just feel better, feel more energized, feel more switched on um, and, and build a better relationship with food. Mm. You and I have got a lot of experience from different um, avenues, which is which is what we're going to bring to the podcast today. Um, so my my first real kind of understanding of nutrition and food was was actually when I was a personal trainer many 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 moons ago, and it's really interesting just to see the the change um, in in what. Well, no, let's just, I'll pull that back. I'll see the change in myself just from what was being taught to like my own experience and then, and then just my own opinions and viewpoints on things that actually work for me. Um, the health of the world is, is really in a dire situation and, and food has, has had a big, huge part to play that. If we just change food to chemical, um, I think that, you know, that would, that would really open people's eyes to things, right? You know, like, a lot of the foods that that, that are now consumed um, on on a daily basis are just chemicals put together, you know, acting like food that that kind of hit various different um, chemical structures within our body and make us feel full and not full, and and it can play a big part in our own emotional state being and our mental well being and and all of that. But you're totally right, man. It's 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 just bringing back to the basics, and and we talk about this in our twenty eight day state change program, as you said as well, and. Um, and we just try and uncomplicate it um, in a in a world that is full of fitness influences and all these uh, dogmatic ideas on what is healthy and what is not. Like it can be so confusing. Even I get confused, you know. And it all depends on what algorithms are throwing things up as well, and what you're scrolling, right? Because that's going to influence the way that you are going to eat too, you know. Because if you're seeing one message of one viewpoint, then that's going to start being a bit of an affirmation and that's what you're going to start to believe in right or wrong it's just i think what will go down today is what's going to work for you will give you a baseline structure of of you know just a healthy level of of whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, and and then you yeah, go out and experience it or experiment for yourself mm, totally totally because there's a lot of manipulation when it when it comes to the the dogma uh, that is the the ways of eating, you know, and that's what becomes really really confusing for people because there's so much polarity uh, everywhere you look um, in the fitness uh, space when it comes to how to eat, what to eat, you know, even when to eat, um, and even just like why you eat as well, you know. For some people, 
just adds more confusion and more trouble to something that doesn't actually really need to be that overly complicated. You know, now, <clears throat> this is where realistically like the nuances um, of it can become so complicated because there isn't a right or wrong way. Mm. Because when we look at it from like a naturopathic perspective, everyone has their own bio-individuality. Um, that essentially means that you have your own specific chemical balance, chemical makeup based on your age, your ethnicity, your gender. For, for women, it's even the time of the month, mm -hmm. you know, specifies the different nutrients that their body needs or may be lacking. Um, it could be the stress levels that you're going through in your life. It could be your, your gut microbiome and, and the state that that's in. It, it could be the traumas that you're moving through as well. And um, it's really hard to say that like one way of eating is the right way of eating because that's never going to be true, you know. And you might find that some people thrive on on a specific way of eating while other people while other people don't, yeah. you know. And this is where it becomes so confusing. So what we really want to be talking to you guys about today is like understanding that you all are unique. Understanding that your specific way of eating is going to be completely specific to you. And then this is actually when it can start to become challenging because if you're living in a household with five or six people and you're trying to feed five or six people in the same way, it can start to be, um, yeah, problems can arise for different people in, in that sort of family group or that friend group um, because they're not essentially being nourished in the way that they need to be nourished. And then it also comes down to whether you're a family, you've got kids and time and, and all of that as well, like we're you've got to take all that into factor. And then it also comes down to, um, to like your own ability to set boundaries and structures and disciplines for it too. You know, like if you're going out to eat, you know, are you able to, to really hold yourself in your own, you know, discipline of, of how you're eating if you're wanting to eat a specific way and saying, no, I don't do that and, and, and feeling potential judgment from others or they don't understand and, and, and all of that. So, so we totally get it, mm. you know, like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's all a process and it's all a journey, but I think ultimately what it's going to come down to is, is whatever you're doing, just don't create shame and guilt for it because that, it doubles down on, on anything that you're doing. You know, if you're going to eat some chocolate, just fucking enjoy that chocolate. Totally, you know, totally, like, totally, totally. And, then, and, you know, I think what we could probably emphatically say is there's got to be a, a collective of what's healthy and what's not really now, right? You know, most people kind of know if you eat a lot of this, you're not going to be too healthy, but if you eat more of this, you're going to be feeling a little bit more healthy or totally. feeling a little bit better. Totally, and that's actually really simple. Yeah. Like if it comes from the earth, if it comes from a tree, if it comes from the ground, yeah. if it doesn't come in a packet, then more often than not, for a majority of the population, it's going to be good for you. It's going to have the nutrients you need, right? For sure. And, and it really doesn't get much more complicated than that, yeah. like from a, from a baseline level. And this is something that, that I always used to laugh at with clients because before I was working with clients, um, and supporting anxiety, I was actually an intuitive eating coach, so I was working with predominantly um, women and helping them build a better relationship with with food, and that was all around like education. You know, it's it's a balance between education and intuition when it comes to building. Well, actually, for for them, for for them, majority of them was actually repairing their relationship with food. Mm. It wasn't actually about understanding it, or it wasn't about like trying to lose weight, but it was actually about okay, I'm 35 years old, I've 
go from fad diet to fad diet to high intensity interval training to cardio to doing nothing to the stress of having a family the the social pressures of of the weight i am and the way i my way my body naturally looks and um for me this is where i started to see and understand how how complicated it actually is because yeah you could work with those people and tell them exactly what to eat to, for 12 weeks but then when they go off into their own place and own space, this is, I suppose, before I was actually more um, focusing on intuitive eating, more just like weight loss, it was like, okay, after that 12 weeks, because they didn't have, one, the education, and two, the ability to tap into their own intuition and actually understand their body, things would just start to fall off again. Mm-hmm. And then health and well-being actually goes from like a lifelong endeavor and a journey and understanding and like being able to move through those different periods of your life into like, 12 weeks of torment yep. and torture yep. just to just to lose body fat um, and that ultimately just builds in a more negative relationship with food because there's lots of studies out there that show that people that actually lose weight in these like extreme ways afterwards they actually rebound and end up putting on more weight so it goes from like okay cool I've, I've done this really extreme thing. I've been working out every single day. I've been like on point with my nutrition. But then it comes back to that point of like, because I actually haven't integrated this into my life, as soon as the accountability goes away or like that um, need to hit a certain um, target or mark by a certain time, like everything just goes out the window. And this really is when it comes to food. It's like the, the psychology of, of people and understanding that aspect of it and that role that it plays on food and our food choices is such an important aspect. Do you remember that show, The Biggest Loser? Totally. That was um, that's probably one of the worst TV shows that could have ever been made, to be honest. For sure. It, those poor people, I mean, there's, there are many, many, many stories of contestants like going into deep deep depression after like putting more weight on and they were going in at like 300 kilos some of them mm. and they were coming out bigger yeah. you know they were getting injuries they were it was um you gotta look at the metabolic pressure that you're putting in your body to hide totally. like to to have to lose weight yeah. um otherwise you know you're out yeah and you know us being us you know what's behind the, the weight you know like what's why did you put the weight on in the first place you're trying to protect yourself yeah, exactly right you know why are you trying to make yourself so ugly that no that you repel everyone from your life potentially or why are you trying to you know build all this mass around you so you can be nice and safe within it you know sure. like or why are you using food to self-soothe instead of using stress management or breath work or being able to openly communicate you know or people going from from being addicted to certain drugs or even like nicotine and then when they come off the nicotine they're essentially just trying to change that dopaminogenic hit um, and replacing it with food yeah that old that old wives tale of oh if you quit smoking you're gonna put weight on yeah 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 there's i mean there's 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 some truth to that i mean obviously nicotine is a is a hunger suppressant and things like that so yes you're going to eat but yeah if you're if you move from the darts and you move straight into the sugar well of course you're going to put some weight on right um but you're totally right man it's uh there's a whole complexity under it all but what it can ultimately come down to is, yes, you can get given a meal plan for 12 weeks and get told what to do and you're going to see some changes and that's going to, you know, you're going to get some dopamine from that and nice. But yeah, once that actual handholding is released, if you haven't actually made the choices yourself, if you haven't actually made the decisions or been involved in that process, mm. you're going to fall off the wagon. Totally. Not saying going, but, you know, statistically <clears throat> speaking is that you're going to. Yeah. And, um, 
and then the rebound effect you know ultimately increases more anxiety feelings more depressive feelings because you know where you were and then now you're bouncing back faster and totally and so all of that so and it's an interesting one because this is what I, I i i used to love this paradox when i would work with people with uh, intuitive eating um because the, a lot of them would like freak out the first couple of weeks yeah because we wouldn't there would be no specifics and no guidelines and for the first three weeks it was actually just about observation like observing how you eat we wouldn't change a thing we would just you know they would have a journal that they would do and, and we just observe how they eat you know see what their triggers are mm. um see what their cravings were understand like why they eat it when they eat it when they didn't eat you know did they actually prepare their meals you know were they sitting down and eating or were they rushing through their food were they even chewing you know was food actually an experience or because of all the trauma around it and all the negative um, viewpoints around it were they merely just like eating getting it done and moving on to the next thing mm. you know um, and then after those three weeks we'd start to chuck in um, we'd start to add in different aspects of education around food and just making really really subtle changes you know it's not about what you take out of your diet it's actually more about what you put in because if you're, you're like cravings come from a place, right? They can come from two places. They can either be a physical hunger or they can be an emotional hunger. And if you can't understand the difference between the two, then most people are just going to fall into that emotional hunger. Mm. You know, they're going to stress eat or emotionally. They're going to use food to fill a void um, and instead of actually food being something that's merely there to nourish us, to give us the nutrients our body needs to thrive. Mm. Um, so it was always fun, like watching people just discombobulate mm. because there was no rules and then once you once you've gone and jumped off the giving the permission to jump off that precipice it's like oh now i'm feeling comfortable again you yeah know? and it, it was like well, oh, well I've, I've done that once so let's just keep it rolling totally it's a very short and hard slope to fall down and then and that's the beautiful thing of it because um as of you would watch their relationship with food to change naturally people just make the right choices correct you know not the the right um, but would more lean feel better. Yeah, totally. Would lean more towards whole food, nourishing foods. They'd sit down and like honor their hunger and fullness cues. You know, they'd honor the aspect of themselves. They'd be like, okay, actually, just because there's a plate full of food here, I don't actually need to finish it. Because mm -hmm. that's like one of the biggest rules that we have to overcome. Like when I was a little kid, I wasn't allowed to leave the table until totally. I finished, finished finished all of my meal. Um, and so that idea of like you have to finish everything on your plate is just ingrained into you. Otherwise, it's seen as being wasteful. But then you got to look at, okay, if I was just on my fullness cues and took the time to eat a meal, because it actually takes um, 20 minutes for a chemical in our body called ghrelin to actually trigger to the body that it's full. So if you're just like smashing back food within like five or 10 minutes and actually giving your body that time to process, um, then you're never going to be able to feel into these cues. What you think of the starving children in Africa? You know, it's just one of the many, many affirmational stories that are passed down you know that that's created into our into our consciousness mm. and so I, I'm the same uh, growing up I was very fortunate enough that um, I grew up in a household that was dinner was cooked every night and uh, school lunches were made you know it was a sandwich and an apple and a little bag of chips and <coughs> and, uh, and maybe a carrot or something yeah uh, but that was it, and that was every single day. And our and our dinners were, were basically, you know, just the, the typical English style, you know, meat and, free meat and mashed potato and, and a broccoli or something like that. And totally. um, 
you know, like uh, takeout was was very was a, was a treat. You know, we'd have fish and chips on a Friday night. That was the standard thing to do. You know, it's a bit of a gathering. So it's probably the only time that our family all ate together, to be honest. Um, laying that out and, and all eating off the paper, um, but I can see my my eating habits ingrained from from growing up. And, and again, I was fortunate enough that it was all whole foods and. And like I, even school lunches weren't a thing in, in my house. Like it was like a treat day if you got a, a school lunch or something like that. So by the time I got to college, when the canteen was available, I you know there were there were kids there that were literally buying their lunch every day, and I'd still have my lunch and, and take it and eat it. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and so so that's that's a big thing. But then when 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 I started actually you know going, to, I didn't go to the gym till probably you know, probably training fitness wise till I was about twenty five. Um, and uh, and so I did that for a, for a couple. Of... It's all natural, right? It's all natural. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a big lad. <laughs> That's it. Um, although I was, I wasn't. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Were you, really were you always like big? Nah, no, 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 I wasn't. No, no. Were I you like overweight? No, no, no. I mean, you see my brother Riley. That's basically yeah, yeah, that was yeah. my build. Yeah, 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 that was my build. And then you start adding the copious amounts of cocaine and things into it that that you know don't allow you to put muscle mass on sure. um, during my early twenties. Yeah, um, but I was never I was never overweight or anything like that. Um, and then yeah, once I started getting to the gym and, and started you know getting into actually Sandro gave me my very first meal plan. Did he? That's how I met him. Midge. Yeah, yeah, all those many years ago, gave him my first meal plan and and um, it was a your standard fitness meal plan. And then once I went and got my personal trainer degree and then went to Perth and started actually personal training, got into bodybuilding and and then and then it just changed again from there because I, that's what I was all about and I was just. Eating for mass, eating for bulk, eating for shred, eating for cut, um, taking steroids as well to to work with that and making all of that. So, so my 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 eating repertoire became very one dimensional, um, and it was, but it taught me good skills like meal prepping and, and doing all of that. Um, but that that was a that was a big thing. It took me a long time to to, to shift away from that, and there, there are still aspects of it now within me, but it's a lot better than what it was. But um, but yeah, I, food turned into eating for calories, uh, eating for calories, um, calorie counting, um, you know, and then that's the type of training that I did. I was, I was prep coaching, but I was still training, you know, the everyday person, but that's the kind of way that I got them to eat. It was like, cool, here's your structured four meals or five meals or six meals a day, depending on your goals. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, let's keep them within this calorie range. And, but it was all whole foods. Um, but yeah, I went for, I went through times of, you know, eating like ten thousand calories a day, and you know, just and, and I was PTing fifteen clients a day. So, mm. so how I get that in? I'd literally melt butter and pour it on my food, and I would just, you know, all that sort of stuff. Not healthy at all, mm. and but thinking I was healthy at that time mm. because that was that was the information and that's my goals that I was trying to, you know, achieve. Sure. And um, and I used to walk around like one hundred and twenty kilos, one hundred and twenty-five kilos. Mm. Shoot, I'm 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 I scratched just under a hundred now, and I'm feeling the best I ever have in my entire life. But uh, yeah, that was that was a, a, a like a newly formed but deeply informed granular way of eating that um, I had to overcome for 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 quite a while. And then now I've gone through various other ways of eating. I've I've tried lots of different things. I've I've gone vegetarian. Um, I've gone Ayurvedic. Um, and ultimately now I've, I've landed and ended up on uh, like animal based or just just earth based so I just I basically just eat meat and fruit and, uh, and meat, fruit and nuts <laughs> meat, fruit uh, cashew nuts eggs, um, <laughs> eggs uh, Greek yogurt and and organic raw milk mm. and cheese mm. and that's it 
Um, but it's funny you're talking about like you know different emotional capacities and different things like that. Like today's a perfect example. I went shopping to the supermarket earlier, and I'm you know I'm trolleys. It's it's pretty so the same same for me. I go there, I get a bunch of fruit, get some really good grass fed meat, and, and that's really simple. Um, but I was walking down the aisle, and I, like we're just both so tired today, like really tired after after a huge weekend of of um, being at an expo and talking to six seven hundred people each, you know, <laughs> over the course of two days, and it's a big outlay. Um, and high energy and so great example I walked past and I was like I feel like I actually just feel like a little something that's gonna make me feel a little bit more like a little bit more comfy and so I bought a, uh, a frozen pizza and I cut up some chicken when I got home and stacked it on with some more chicken and cheese and put that in and and had three pieces of that along with my fruit mm-hmm. and now I can feel it now like I'm feeling like more gluggy and, and yuck but but I but I just feel a little bit more like oh you know, like, you know, it's, it's comfort food. Right? Yeah, it's comfort. I feel a little more comfort, right? For sure. And, and it's like food, this is what people have to understand. Like food feels like comfort because it was comfort. Yeah. Like for a lot of people, well, most people, you could say that when they were growing up, food was comfort, mm. you know, because that was the thing that was always been there. And that's the thing that's always been there. And that's the thing that will always be there. Like, and it's so easy to go and just reach and grab something and instantly get gratification from it. You know, if you eat chocolate, you're going to get dopamine hit. Sugar is going to hit those receptors of serotonin in the brain. And like, well, these are the neural can- transmitters that we're, we're always chasing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, it's it's lollies. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm feeling a little slow, it's like today, I was like, man, I'm knackered. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go get some crocodiles. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll have a bag of that. I'm just going to feel a little perk up and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to feel good. And, um, it's, it's such a subtle nuance because, like, yes, I can understand, like, the long-term effects of eating sugar, but it's not like I'm eating sugar every single day no. or it's not like I have a negative relationship or there's any shame or guilt around it because you've got to think about it like this way as well. This is something beautiful that we always used to talk about with um, with clients. is like shame, shame and guilt is the worst thing you can add to your meal. Yes. You know, because... If you're in a state of shame and guilt, your body's going to be in a state of stress. When your body's in a state of stress, your cortisol levels are going to be higher. So your body's actually not even going to be able to metabolize the food mm-hmm. that you ate. Um, so essentially, it's just going to be stored as fat anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like the best metabolic nutrient that you can actually add to a meal is is pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, if you eat with pleasure and you eat with joy, regardless of the meal, it's actually one of the best additions or best condiments that you can add to a meal because you're going to start to build a better relationship with it. And you're actually just going to start to make wise choices, wise choices, wise choices. That's a bit of a tongue twister. You're going to start to make wiser choices for you because you're going to start to get pleasure from all food, not just sugary foods, because you're going to be getting that same sort of dopaminergic response over time. You're literally training your brain to get pleasure in everything you Mm. eat, you know. And then it goes back to like, okay, cool. Why is it that you don't like vegetables? Is it because they taste bad or is it because you're actually forced Forced to eat them all the time? And so you actually have a trauma response around vegetables yep. because that was a thing that you, you know, you weren't allowed to leave the table until you're finished. Man, the amount of time I used to fall asleep in broccoli was like probably every second night of the week because I hated it. Mm. But mum would always make it because she knew it was good for us. Um, so it's like it's like understanding these these psychological aspects to it while also building education around like okay, well, what's actually good for you, mm. you know? And for most people, that's that's going to be different. You know, because it goes back into that bio-individuality. And so it's just literally about, okay, this is where having a baseline education of like, okay, 80% of my diet should be whole foods. You know, if I'm eating 80% of my diet is whole foods, focusing on nuts, seeds, grains, you know, um, 
legumes, vegetables, fruit, um, like grass-fed uh, beef if you can afford it, yeah. um, like tofu, tempeh, legumes. If you're focusing like on things that come from the earth and are of the earth, majority of your time, and then you know, seeing these other foods as things that you just nearly are there for enjoyment, yep. you know, these processed foods, then you're going to start to find a nice balance. And then essentially from there, you can start to refine because there are certain things or certain nutrients or certain, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Aspects. Let's just say aspects. There's certain aspects or certain chemicals in food that are going to just be inflammatory for certain people. Yep. You know, like some people are going to be allergic to nightshades. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be allergic to peanuts. Um, some people are going to be allergic to eggplants. You know, some people are going to be allergic to, to citrus fruits. Or some people aren't going to have a balanced enough microbiome to be able to, to process FODMAPs. Right, some people might actually have something called dysbiosis where their gut microbiome isn't functioning properly, or um, you may have like low um, digestive enzymes, so you actually can't break down fatty foods properly, or you can't break down proteins properly. And but if but if you like jump into it and you're trying to figure all of that out first, but you're still eating 60% of your diet as processed, then it's always going to be f fucking hard and fucking confusing because you're trying to change too many variables at once. But if like if if you're having a troubled time with food and you don't really know where to start, like start with that. And I always thought it was funny because um, people would always laugh at at like the um, education that we used to get in schools around food. You know, mm -hmm. like five plus a day mm -hmm. and things like that. But it's like and like and the portion palm. Do you remember yeah, the portion yeah. palm? Was it um, palm is your protein? Yeah. The fist is carbs. And then the nuts are like put along your index finger. Index finger, that's yeah. it. And that's actually how I used to start for my clients. Because yeah. like, it's simple. Everyone's hands relative to their body size. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a really thing, good place to start. Cause you don't have to worry about calories. You don't have to worry about macro and like, micronutrients. It's just like, okay, cool. While you're learning to educate yourself around food and like learning to actually cook nourishing foods, use that as a baseline. Mm -hmm. You know, Make sure you're eating five fruits and vegetables every single day. Make sure that you're aiming on like two or three different colors on your plate. Mm -hmm. You know, really, really simple place to start. And for most people, a really, really good place to start. Yeah. And then when you can do that consistently for a year, <laughs> you know, and until it's not something you have to think about and meals just naturally start to, to form themselves or you start to explore with different recipes and start to understand like flavors, if that's what you're into, um, then you can start to look at the... And, and refine the inflammatory compounds and understanding because mm. your body will actually start to tell you. You know, if you feel after you eat potatoes um, that you feel lethargic, you know, they're a nightshade, um, or the next day you wake up, this is something for me, um, tomatoes can be inflammatory for me if I eat too many of them and I can tell because my knuckles start to get tight. Mm. And I didn't actually know that um, until I like guided myself through an elimination protocol. You know, where I essentially just eliminated all the inflammatory foods from my diet for, for a month and then slowly started to reintroduce them and let my body tell me what was good or bad for me, yeah. you know. So it's like starting with, with a really basic overview of it and then once, you know, once that starts to become um, like... Autonomous. Autonomous, yeah. beautiful word. Once it starts to become autonomous, then you can start to refine. Yeah. You know? And then this is when it's beautiful because you're not just like trying to go for a quick fix and lose weight. Yep. You're like, okay, I want to start to build a healthy relationship because a relationship that I have with food is going to be there forever. 
And I want to understand and educate myself around it so that as I change, as my energy level change, as my output change, as my focuses um, in fitness change, as the stresses in my life change, at least I have this this baseline to come back to. Mm. And, and, and as you say, everything's different for everyone. Totally. I, I don't eat vegetables anymore. You, know? you are a vegetable. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> you can be tired, folks, but you're still the fucking chuck a zinger. Um, you know, but again, you know, I'm not dogmatic about it. If I'm going out to a nice restaurant or I go around and someone cooks me a beautiful meal, I'm going to fucking eat it. I'm not like strict and structured and be like, no, it's got to be meat and fruit. And just like, nah, come on, I'm missing the point then. Totally. You know, it's the it's it's the eighty percent of my of my of my food. Mm. That's how it is. That aligns with me. I've tried various other strategies, and they don't. They didn't. They didn't give me the energy, or they didn't feel alignment. But I gave them a good nudge, and this feels alignment. But. Um, you know, do I enjoy a dessert from time to time now? Hell yeah. And I've just started to really, you know, get a better um, relationship with that, you know, because I would create shame and guilt if I was like, mm. no, because of like these stupid bodybuilding concepts that were stuck in. It was really yeah. interesting, like watch that aspect of yourself, like be there. I was like, oh, that's interesting to see. Like there's like a little bit of shame around having totally. drinks, you know. Totally. Um, but it's like interesting to see that that's like dissipated now as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I enjoy it, mm. uh, which is really nice. You know, um, because I think it, a lot of it for me was was you know, uh, body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia. Yeah. Well, the idea of good or bad, right? Like having that idea of good or bad food is like just creates so much shame and guilt. For sure. Because there's no such thing as good and bad food. Mm. You know, there's foods that are more nourishing for you, and and foods that are gonna fucking feed your soul because they taste good. Well, you say it perfectly. There's there's whole food and soul food. That's a, yeah, very true. You know, my soul feels a little bit more warmer because I ate some pizza tonight. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's all good. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my toilet might not think so tomorrow. <laughs> but when I was writing people's meal plans, I, um, when I got them to, to do the first consult with me, I would say, okay, great. Like, go and do a diary. I'd give them a, a, a little diary to go and do. Same thing. I'd come back and I'd, you know, and I would prime them. I'd go, look, just be open and honest. You know, like, this is it's not something to be judged or anything. We need to just get a good look at Like, if you went to the bank, they would go, hey, look, here's all your finances of what you're spending on. This is the same thing. Like, don't hold anything back. And if you were going to eat chocolate every night, eat that and write it down. Um, and then I would literally sit with them for the, you know, after that and just go, okay, great. You know, for the next two weeks, what are three things that you would love to change? Hmm. And I'd get them to make the decision. So they're already starting to create their own decision from that. And it might be as simple as, well, instead of having two cups, uh, two teaspoons of sugar in your, in your coffee, have one. Great. Because now you're having 14 less cup teaspoons of sugar in your diet over the next two weeks, mm -hmm. just from that one change. Is that going to make you feel a little bit better and be a little bit more on the healthy scale? Damn right it is, mm -hmm. right? And so it's not going from zero to hero, you know, because you'll just end up going back to zero again. And um, and you're totally right. It is just as many whole foods as possible. Um, and then, you know, moving into the, the various... Um, the various uh, fasting modalities and things like that. I mean, there's some zealots on that as well, which there's some very, very toxic information that comes out in that, in that realm. And, totally. and, you know, I mean, I remember you and I walked past someone talking about it once at a, at a festival we were at, and we stood there for two minutes, and we are like, God, got to get out of here. because There's a crowd of people. There was a crowd of people all listening to this person. I'm only woman as well. I know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it's, he's ultimately talking about starvation and mm. just using the word fasting mm. and trying to say it's a cure for this and that and that. And like, so, yeah, so, you know, understanding, we totally understand you that, that if you're confused and you feel 
like you don't know where it's at and then and then the easiest thing to do is just to give up on it and just go what's fucking easiest and cheapest anyway so so stick with it just do the little small little incremental changes try and cook as much as you can if you want to have some sort of concept or way of eating to try it out you want to try a bit of keto or you want to try a bit of intermittent fasting or you want to try a bit of animal based or you want to try a bit of vegetarianism or veganism like fucking hey like explore yeah explore it but intensely choose it intently choose it and like the few people the few the very few people i listen to or watch or you know observe online about their nutritional things they have different viewpoints on things but they both are in agreement of like if they're getting interviewed by somebody like you know one one guy paul saladino you know like he's he's very he's all about the animal base and i actually learned a lot from him he's, he's a very smart guy um but he'll go on vegan podcasts and, and they will grill him and they will ask well, no some of my grill him, but they'll ask him and he basically goes well, even he was on Russell Russell Brand the other day because he's a he's a, a a vegan, you know, a very militant vegan. I guess is probably the best word to call it. And and Paul just goes, you know, as long as you're attentively choosing what you're eating and you're making that choice and and you're feeling great from it, then then that's 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 all that is it about. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 another, I forget his name. He's a he's a he's a full vegan as well. But um, he says the same thing. He's like like I don't tell people not to eat meat i'm just that's my personal viewpoint and here's my um data and here's my education on it so i'm just educating from my own viewpoint of how it makes me feel however if somebody wants to go and eat meat or wants to go and down that route like intentively choose it and do your own education on it and how does it make you feel and i think if you can take one thing away from us today is how does the food make you feel right are you becoming a little more conscious of it you know and as you said ryan like are you just smashing it through to get it done and moving again or are you like giving yourself and we've all got busy lives but are you giving yourself the time maybe once just even once a week to make a nice meal sit down and i know i'm very very bad at that i'm, I'm all about efficiency and effectiveness and um and i just move through things but the pro- the person that probably does it the best is, is van is your partner van mm. you know like food for her is just every single time is a a celebration of taste and and um and beauty and like intent and the moment and mm. you know like she can't eat two meals the same you know like she's got to have like four yeah she's quite dogmatic about that you know like i gotta have like four days before i get the same meal again yeah sure. um and she's got a busy life and i'm like girl you're gonna have to like change your mindset a little bit on that because now you're not eating you know like you're gonna have to like work that out but um but she's very very good at it you know she loves cooking and making something different and putting flavors into it and the process with it and she'll sit down and eat this beautiful hot meal and, and i think you know if you can even just add a little bit more of that structure into your food mm. um then you're going to you're going to feel a whole lot better mm, intention right intention is a huge aspect of it yeah all of it all of it all of it and um yeah and i think as, as you say right like there, there's always going to be the polarity there's always going to be the dogma around it um because there's always going to be different viewpoints and there's always going to be people making money off it, you know? Um, so so it, it, that's where it can become dogmatic because as human beings, we want things to be simpler than they are. We mm. want there to be one answer and we want it to be always be the same. Um, and that's where it can become hard and challenging because it does actually mean, okay, you're going to have to educate yourself around food or you're going to have to get someone to educate you around food and sort of guide you through that process. Or you might have to in, invest... Um, if you don't have the time and energy and knowledge in it and like even cooking skills or ability because a lot of people do struggle with that then there's like a plethora of food boxes that you could try and you don't have to try it forever maybe you just were like okay cool 
For the next three weeks, I'm going to go and get one of these food boxes, and I'm going to choose four different meals every single week, and just do it for three weeks. Yes, it's going to probably cost you maybe an extra hundred and something dollars to go through that process instead of buying it yourself. But at the end of that three weeks, you're going to have 12 new meals that you're going to have an understanding on how to cook and education around. You've had all of the ingredients bought you, so it's not like you're buying a cookbook and have to figure out what to eat. And then you can actually be like, okay, cool, I only have 12 new meals. Mm. You know, most people actually only cycle through the same seven meals predominantly. You know, because we are creatures of habit, you know, we're habitual. Um, so it's just like, if you can educate yourself in that way, then then go down that right, route, you know. Or if, if you want to work with someone, then, then work with someone, mm. you know. Get them to, you know, invest all of their time, energy, knowledge and wisdom in something that they've dedicated themselves into and something they're passionate about and just borrow some of their passion, yeah. you know. Pay for their passion so that you can get, get the idea and the knowledge around it. And if you're going down the fitness route, there are many, many fitness meals delivered to your house scenarios that they come in the package. You've just got to heat them up. Um, they've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there are all of that. How many how many meals do you think I cycle, Ryan? One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no. No, no, no. There's, there's maybe two. There would be, like, steak and fruit. Yeah. Um, to be lamb and fruit. Yeah. Then there's eggs. Yeah. And fruit. Yeah. Um... And maybe a little yogurt with honey for dessert. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm a simple man, Jenny. He's a simple man. But then you've got to look at it as well. Okay, cool. Like, this is one for you for now. Like, your energy levels are really, really good. Yep. But every diet has nutritional gaps in it. It does. If, if, you, if you follow a, like, a stigma or a dogmatic, like, every diet has nutritional gaps in it. If you're eating animal-based, you're going to be missing out on lots of different phytonutrients. Um, like... Because you're eating lots of fruit, you're going to be missing out on lots of minerals because you're not right. eating in lots of lots of um, things. So this is where it starts to get a little bit more confusing. So this is where we might go a little, little, little bit more deeper um, for some of you that just have a baseline level. So don't let this confuse you. Mm. Um, stick with that whole food idea. This is just like the the next step, the next advancements. Once you once you've got uh, that autonomy around food. It's like understanding that every way of eating is going to have nutritional gaps. When I had a plant-based diet, there was nutritional gaps in it. Omega-3s, because people can't, um, well, the conversion of ALA to to EPA um, when it comes to omega-3s isn't that good. Yeah, there's B12 as well. You know, because you're not eating red meat, you're not going to be getting as much B12 in your diet. Um, There's certain B vitamins that you're not going to be getting as well. So it's like, okay, every way of eating is going to have some form of nutritional gap. So the best thing that you can do if you are eating this way for a specific period of time and you're like feeling good and then you stop feeling good is just to go get a blood test. Yep. You know, go get, get your bloods done. Get your iron levels done. Get your zinc levels done. Get your omega-3, your vitamin D. Get your full blood count done. Um, yeah, and check your testosterone. Check yeah, your check estrogen, your testosterone. Check your estrogen because then it's like, it's like checking the oil in your car. Yep. You know, if you just keep driving it, you're just going to run out of oil eventually, and everything's going to seize up. Uh, but if you're, if if you start to 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 not feel so good, then just get some blood done. Then you're going to have actual data, mm. um, and then you can start to make educated decisions based on that. It's like in in New Zealand, um, there is no selenium in any of our soils because mm. we're such a young country. So if people aren't either supplementing with selenium or eating a couple of Brazil nuts every single day, um, then you're going to be deficient in selenium at some point. And it's like one of those things, it's like when it, when it comes to, to the nutrients in our body, our body is so intelligent that it's not just going to let us wither away. Wither away. Mm. But what it's going to do is it's going to, 
pull these stored nutrients that we have in our bones and our muscles um, and, and, and in all the tissues to essentially just keep these functions going. Mm. So it's like it's not going to happen instantly, but it'll over time you'll start to feel some changes, you'll start to feel more fatigued, you know, your management of stress isn't going to be so good, your nervous system gets a little dysregulated, yep. you know. And, and this then, is where you're reaching out to your local naturopath. Totally. You know, like it's it's... For, for, for so many people, it's deemed funny medicine, but it's actually the original medicine, you know, like the, the, the medicine of the earth. All right. So, you know, don't, you don't necessarily pop to your GP, go find a good, you know, or come and ring Ryan, you know, give him a DM and, you know, he'll, he'll put you through the paces. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, like supplementation, um, it, I mean, supplementation is exactly that. It's a supplement. It's not your first indentation. It's your supplementation of your food. Sure. Now, you know, like, and that's where the fitness industry can really miss the goal. It's totally. like, you need this to get this. It's like, no, 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 no. You need your food first. 100%. And you need your water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, drink three yeah. liters of water a day, folks. Make sure it's good water, not not, not tap water. Totally. And, like, you, you, even when it comes to that, like, hydration is one of the key things. You know, 90% of the population is probably dehydrated. You know, even you and me would be dehydrated. Unless right. you're actually drinking, like, two or three liters of water consistently every single day. You're matching your output for exercise. Yeah. It's like people just are so naturally used to, to being uh, being dehydrated. And then when you bring it up, have you had a glass of water? You know, they think you're, mm. you're the devil for mm. asking the question. Always used to be an argument I'd have with my dad um, <laughs> when, when I was living at home. He'd be like, man, I'm so tired. I was like, have you had a glass of water today? He's like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, drink water, man. Is it that hard? Yeah, the thing that 70% of you is made up of. Yeah, totally. We had some of that today that yeah. can keep you nice and salubrious. Salubrious. <laughs> I like it. Um, but I know I feel much better. Like, I go, th- water, it's that constant thing. Like, I, I'll go through, like, a good two or three months of carrying around a water bottle, you know, three liters plus a day, and I'm no, and I'm feeling much, much more on, much mm. sharper. Like I really feel it, and it's and it's an instant change. You know, you do it for a day, the next day you know you feel it. you're waking up a little bit like, with a spring in your step. Um, but again, it's one of those things that just fast falls off a cliff very quickly. You know, it's like oh, I just forgot my drink bottle in the house. Oh, don't worry about it. And then mm. and then it's like oh, you that can't becomes it. a habit, right? Just forgetting the drink bottle becomes a habit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, if you could take another thing away from here, it's just make more conscious effort to drink more water mm-hmm. you know um and I, and I know i just said don't drink tap water but if that's all you've got at your at your purview and that's all you can do great get that in you you know like you're you're, you're going to feel better about it you know that goes hand in hand with with good nutrition mm-hmm. totally totally yeah it's a beautiful thing nutrition it's it's uh it's beautifully complex if, if you want it to be yeah extremely easy um, if you want it to be as well mm. and then that just goes through the cycles of, of people and, and, and the dedication you want to have to it you know but building that baseline first is is super important and if, you, if you're not feeling good um, if you have some sort of condition then that's when you really need to reach out and get support because nutrition yeah. is such a baseline you know and that that's the challenging thing that for a lot of people in the western world is like doctors aren't educated in nutrition so nope. so they're never going to have a nutrition philosophy because it's simply something that they don't understand or something that they don't know about yeah. you know every doctor only needs to do seven hours of nutrition studies over a like seven year degree like seven hours it's nothing it's terrible isn't it? it just takes you longer than seven hours to read one of the many books that i have no, no. yeah <laughs> you're like thick yeah yeah tell us about your um your time is because you're a vegan for probably what seven years mm. six years like six that's, years. that was a big chunk of your life man mm. like 
tell, tell that story a little bit because it's, it's really intriguing. Obviously, you've kind of shifted out of that as well, but I mean, there's lots of learnings that you've brought and you still hold into your daily diet. But yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, man, I'd love to love to hear your story on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I went vegan, man. Yeah, seven eight years ago. Um, predominantly went because of like animal cruelty and me and my partner at the time just like made a conscious decision around it I think I watched like uh, Earthlings and I was like fuck this um, I'm, it's not something I'm going to choose to actively be a yeah. part of anymore um, and then it was like a lot of education around it and and because I have an interest in nutrition like that's actually you know how I ended up being a naturopath because I have an interest in nutrition it was for me it was like it was fun because I got to educate myself in a completely different way of eating uh, because before that predominantly I was just you know eating your standard New Zealand diet which was just like meat vegetables um, some form of carbohydrates you know eating like curries and things like that um, so there was like a lot of education around it. Now, for me, when I first made that switch, it took like six months to really figure out how to eat that way mm. um, because it was around education. And I probably wasn't eating enough when I first started. So I definitely did like lose a little bit of muscle mass. Mm. Um, but at the time, I probably could have used um, like a losing a little bit of weight was probably good for me because that's when I was engineering and I was stressing and I was still smoking cigarettes. Um, this was like in between times of being at a really good boxing gym and moving down um, to Wellington and like not having a lot of social support and things down there. So food for me when I was like before I was vegan was, was more of um, like an emotional thing yeah. or like a pleasure. Um, but then it took a lot of education um, and then once I actually started to have a grasp and understanding on it man I like just felt my energy levels just like shoot through the roof um, and then when I did get back into boxing I, I used to it was just so much easier for me to sit at a at a lower body weight. I went from mm. sitting at like 75 naturally and having to cut down to 69 to actually sitting at like 70 and then just cutting down to 69 um, for fights. And I found that like when I started to get my nutrition on point and started to, to fight more and, and, and um, like go to more competitions and things, my recovery was just like super quick. I could like track, do two days every single day and I would just had boundless energy it was epic um and yeah so i just did that for for a long time i was a vegan um wellness coach um when i first like moved into that industry and that work i was they, i was literally called the vegan wellness coach on instagram so it was wow. my it was my identity it was my identity for a really really long time um and then things just slowly started to change. Van went through a concussion and I started to do more education around like um, brain health and specifically around like recovery mm. from concussions. And like this is where you go from, from having a normal paradigm around nutrition to actually eating to, to heal something. Um, and then that's when we we moved more into that, and then we started like just started to add more omegas. So my partner started to add more fish into her diet, started to add more eggs into her diet, um, and I was working with clients uh, doing intu intuitive eating. And naturally, as we were making fish and eggs, my body was just sort of starting to crave it more because it was more uh, because it was around me more. I could feel when she was eating it, my body was telling me that I should be eating it as well. And so I just seen that as my body telling me that, that I just needed to start to reintroduce some things into my diet. Um, and it was, it was hard because I went from being so 
I was never like a staunch militant trying to convert people or any of that stuff because that's just not my personality anyway. Um, but I still had to like weigh up the idea of like, okay, cool, if my intuition, my body's telling me to do this. Where's the line around like what doing what's good for me and doing what's good for like in air quotes the planet, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you know, as an intuitive eating coach, I just trusted my intuition. You know, okay. so just started to add more fish in, started to add more eggs in. Um, over the last six months, I have started to add in more red meat and more chicken, um, and energy-wise and things like that. I haven't really noticed a shift within my energy-wise muscle mass. I've definitely noticed that I, that I hold um, and retain more muscle mass, um, but the convenient aspect of it is like probably the biggest thing that I've noticed. 100%. It's like so much more convenient, and that's why people probably eat um, so much more red meat and animal products because it actually is, is more convenient you know mm -hmm. when it comes to making meals it doesn't take as long anymore you don't have to add in as many um ingredients um so yeah it, it has been a has been a shift for the better for the worst like who knows this is where i'm eating it at this point in time i'm not like dogmatic and like eating meat every single day i still you know i had a lentil um bolognese for dinner tonight mm -hmm. and I, i'll still predominantly eat plant-based because like I still like that way of eating as well it still makes me feel good and that's where you've just taken your learnings and lessons and and you're just creating your own philosophy on something and yeah this is what we talk about all the time in anything in, in your own spiritual well your own spirituality your own life your own values your own eating like yeah. just just create your own philosophy totally. you know we are all capable of doing that yeah you know? totally. and it's better and I've I've since you and I have known each other, I've literally witnessed you from the end of your veganism, like knowing you as a vegan, yeah. like the vegan coach, you know? And I think I remember said to you once, I'm like, well, oh, you need to change that, that, that Instagram, you know, because it's just such a, a dogmatic aspect. Of like yeah, but there's a marketing ploy. Oh, realistically, right. But anyway, but, like but, you did, but you did change it later on yeah. and things like that. But anyways, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, Beautiful watch, and you're just you're just doing what works for you, you know. And, and I'm doing the same. I'm just doing what works for me, you know. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, you saw me go through the aerobatic diet and you the vegetarian what? diet. You were a thin little. Bunny. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work for me at all. <laughs> you probably dropped down to like maybe, fuck, I reckon maybe eighty nine or something along those probably lines. You would have like dropped into the yeah, yeah. into the eighties for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, a man needs meat. He's yeah. just a big Viking lad. Yeah, and that's, that's just right. But with the choices of eating animal-based, you can make more conscious choices. There are, there are farms and there are, um, there are companies out there that do it very well. You know, like they farm these animals in, in, in their own natural habitat. You know, they're not you know, lining them up and, and, and you know, getting the fear fucking put into them because they know they're going to die. You know, like, and, and they, they slaughter them and, you know... And, a humane way, you know, like in a natural way, you know, like they're as, not as just humane. As yeah, they're not just lining them up into a into a, yeah. a cattle thing and getting a bolt gun to the head, and they know it's coming, and you know, so that that doesn't fuck with your meat either, you know. So we got to look at the energy of it, right? Like, what's yeah. what's the energy actually consuming? Um, and that's why when we go do plant medicine things like that, I, I won't eat meat, um, because yeah. I know that I don't want to be putting any other like any other um souls or spirits into my body. So I just make that conscious choice as well. Even and I do that as well. Yeah, it's, like, just, it's just moving through those nuances of life and understanding. But it's like I can make those choices now because I have such a, a such a baseline education around it. I don't need to think about it. I can just look at food and and know what's in it uh, because I have such an education around it. Yeah. You know, and that's why for me, whenever I work with clients, it is about education. It's about understanding, like you know, 
once you start to move into it and it just starts to become something you don't think about, then you can jump into the education of it. Yep. Like, okay, cool, what's in broccoli that's going to give you um, certain nutrients that like cauliflower is not going to give you? You know, and then you can start to understand and you start to understand, okay, what phytonutrients it is, is in these specific colored foods and you can go a little deeper into it. Okay. Mm. What's your, it's, it's, it's a lifelong, you'd be doing it for life. Totally. You know, it's sticking with you for life. So, totally. so, you know, ultimately just, just make better choices, eat some less McDonald's, eat some less KFC. Mm. I know it's nice, but turn that into your little treats and your little rewards. And, mm. and if you're, and if you're, this is speaking from experience. If you're if you're into like a fitness way of eating, and you're and you're still calling yourself having a cheat meal and things like that, like like switch that mindset up to totally. no, I'm having a reward meal, yeah, you know, sure. or I'm, I'm I'm going to give myself some comfort yeah, food yeah, today, yeah. Or, totally. or however you want, because the thing that you're putting in a downward spiral, and that is, it's a cheat meal means you're cheating from something, yeah, you know, sure. like you're so doing you, something wrong. You're instantly doing something wrong. Yeah, you're cheating yeah, yeah, on your yeah, partner, yeah. then you're doing something wrong. Correct. If you're cheating right. on yourself, you're doing something wrong. So yeah. it just builds that negative stigma yeah. around it. Um, and and if you are, you know, going into the more extremes way of eating and dieting and things like that, then just have some help around you. Mm-hmm. You know, sure because we're not saying don't go around and do it. I mean, you know, there's some extraordinary people, and people do extraordinary things, and you need to have extraordinary nutrition you know like if you are going deep into bodybuilding like it's a fucking extraordinarily tough thing to do with the body to have the right people around you the right supplementation the understanding if you're going to go into veganism all right well just just go into an understanding of what you how you can get your proteins into your body you know how you can keep that natural health and and all your omegas and all your iron levels and things like that Um, if you're going to eat animal based like you know Okay, it costs a little bit more because you've got to buy meat. Okay, well, what's the best value meat that you can buy with your money at that time? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's, what, what can you do? So, so, yes, it's just making these, these better choices, what you can do. If you're going to go out and eat or if you're with friends, you know, and you're at a, at a mall, like, what's the best choice that you could do? Yeah, what's, yeah. Your, what's, your, what's, your, what's the choice based on your goal? Yeah. Like, yeah, you might be in a phase where you are trying to lose weight. So it's like, okay, cool, I'm going out for dinner with my friends. I know that I could get this really creamy fucking pasta, but I might feel shit because I haven't eaten that way in a, in a little bit. So just choose something that's going to respect your body and yep. respect where you are. And it's like honoring that and not having creating guilt and shame around it, you're going to like be better off long term. Yep. You know? It's just making the better choices with what's in front of you. Totally. I think that, that can be as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Like I, if, I, if, I, if, we're at a, if we're at shopping or I've got to do something in my shopping mall and need to eat, like I'll just go to one of those like Asian places like and just get like some of the meat there and, and a whole bunch of the salads and, and they got some pineapple, I'll double up on that so I'm still getting some fruit in there. Um, and say no rice, you know, because that doesn't sit well with me. So, but I'm, I'm okay for that, you know, like, or, you know, if you've got a choice between McDonald's and sushi and KFC, well, you know what you, you know, what's going to be better for your body. It's the better choice of what you can do. Same thing that if you are out, out supermarket shopping, like if you've got a budget of 150 bucks and it's got to feed you for two weeks, what's the best choices that you can make that are aligned with your own philosophy of eating and where you're at with your life. Where you're at with off. Yeah, yeah. perfect, man. 100%. Okay. Totally. And, and, and like, yeah, that, that, that's the beauty of it, brother. And you, you really wrapped it up perfectly because there's going to be subtle nuances in everything that we do. But if we're eating from that place of respect and honoring exactly where you are and honoring your goals and honoring what you're trying to achieve with your life, um, then the the best choices are going to be really simple to make mm. because it's like it's we know what's bad for us. We do. It's pretty easy. Yep. You know, yeah, if you're eating something that's 
doesn't make you feel good you know it's bad for you you know so it's just about honoring that within yourself and honoring why you're going to make that bad choice for yourself and just fucking respecting yourself a little bit more and making the less convenient choice Mm -hmm. ultimately Mm -hmm. you know and honoring yourself in that Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of it yeah beautiful Nice little wrap up. Mm. Uh, well, beautiful. Thank you for stopping by this week, guys. Uh, we really, really love um, hearing all your feedback. Love all the messages. Love all the emails. Totally. Give us a little share so more people can can hear what we are talking about. Totally, brother. We think we, more people need to hear this. More people need to hear it. Definitely. <laughs> um, but other than that, we will uh, we'll see you all next week. I right, love you, everybody. Love you all. Ciao.